Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests. Here we are, the second Sunday into what I believe is going to be a phenomenal year. God is going to show himself strong. He's still upholding all things by the power of his word. And as we go into this whole new series that I'm going to begin today on the life of Elisha, we're going to find out just what God is able to do with somebody when they live for the cause. For the cause of Christ, we understand that as. But as they live for the cause that God has for them in their own lives, you know what? God can do incredible things. And as, a, as an individual who loves God, as a church who loves God, God is going to empower us and enable us to turn our world upside down to make a huge difference in our generation. So I'm going to begin and um, I'm going to start in the place that we almost ended last year at this time last year when I did a series on Elijah. So I'm going to turn to 1 Kings chapter 19 and it says this from verse 15, then the Lord said to Elijah, go return your way to the desert of Damascus and after you get there, I want you to anoint Hazael as king over Assyria. I want you to anoint Jehu as king over Israel and I want you to anoint Elisha. There he is. That's the first time we hear of this man, Elisha. I want you to anoint El Elisha as prophet in your place. Now we're going to go down to verse, um, just a couple of verses down there. It says, so he departed from there and he found Elisha, the son of, Sh of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. That's 24 oxen. That's a lot of ox to be plowing with. And um, he was there aside the 12th, and it says, Elijah, as he passed him by, he threw his mantle on him. That's like a cloak that he used to wear. He threw his, his cloak on Elisha, and it says, Elisha left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I'll follow you. And Elijah says to Elisha, go back, what have I done to you? Wow, this is a bit of an impulsive um, explosive sort of a reaction to what's just happened. I just put the mantle on you and now you're going to leave everything and come to follow me. So Elisha turned back from Elijah and he took the oxen and he killed them and uh, um, he sacrificed them and um, he gave it to all the people. That's just a great thing. You know what? He, um, even then he was a provider for the people around him and they all ate and so Elisha, he arose and he followed Elijah and he became his servant. That's the first time we read of this man, Elisha. And it's very clear, and as we go through the next few weeks, that Elisha was a man who, who lived to make a difference. Everything about him wanted to provide for other people, wanted to turn his world upside down. Upside down. He wanted to live for a cause. Everything he did from this first time when he killed all his oxen and he fed everybody and then he left. He had a heart for people. He had an incredible heart for God. He lived for a cause. And I believe as we go into 2021, God wants to say to us loud and clear that there's a cause for us to live for. And it's the cause of Christ. It's the gospel, the good news that for God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son. We know the verse. We quote it all the time. We pray it. We believe for it. We declare it. We stand on it. But I believe God wants us to live for it, to live for the cause of Christ. So as we go through um, 
you know, just over the next few Sundays, this life of this man, Elisha, we're going to learn some things from him. We're going to um, hopefully get some of his attitude, uh, stir us up on the inside. And I believe it's going to open some doors for us to see the same kind of results that he was able to get because I believe we still serve the same God. The God of Elisha is the God of Citygate Church and the God of the church around the world today. So just a few things here, five things that I want to um, bring out. But, you know, just as we head into this series, how about we just open our hearts to God in prayer, shall we? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you that your word is alive, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And Father, we open our hearts today with humility and in faith to receive your word. We ask, Lord, and we lay hold of the grace to be those who do your word and not just hear it only. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're the one who opens our eyes, opens our ears, you soften our heart. So, Holy Spirit, we open our heart to you right now for you to be our teacher, for you to open up our understanding. We lay hold of God's word today and we thank you, Lord God, that your word shall come to pass in our lives. And we thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So the first point that I would like to make today is this, as we start to think today, just a bit of an introduction really to the man Elisha. The first thing is this, that Elisha was a man who put everything he had into everything he did. He was a wholehearted sort of a guy. And I believe that's the sort of person that Almighty God is trying to find in the world today. He wants to find people who are wholehearted. There are all sorts of scriptures in the Bible about being apathetic or being half-hearted. You know, the Bible says that I'm to praise God with all my heart, my soul, and my strength. That I'm to love God with all my heart, my soul, and my strength. You know, the Bible says that I'm to be a living sacrifice. These are wholehearted type of expressions and descriptions and encouragements. And I want to encourage you today as we begin to go through the life of Elisha to understand this, that God wants us to be a wholehearted church and to run into 2021 wholeheartedly. You know, to be full of faith, to be full of expectation, to not believe God for little things, but to believe God for his best. We know these scriptures, we know these understandings, these sorts of thought processes. But come on, at the start of this year, we're currently in Citygate in this month of praying and fasting. And what an incredible time we're having. The prayer meeting last Monday night was just phenomenal as we stood here and we prayed. The presence of God came into this place as we sang, How Great Thou Art, and just... Just the awesomeness of God just filled this place. I know we were online as well, and I don't know how that came across online as, you know, I, you know, I hope it did. But here in this room, as we worshiped God and, we, and as we praised God, wholeheartedly something happened. And when someone's wholehearted for God, God moves. And God will pour out his spirit. And God will work with someone who is wholehearted. I want to encourage you today, friend. Just This is just a general you know, opening to this series. But Elisha was wholehearted. He had the sort of attitude that said, if something's worth doing, it's worth doing well. It's worth doing wholeheartedly. If I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to be the best one I can be. If I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray with effective, fervent, heartfelt continued prayer. If I'm going to speak to, you know, to situations that 
I need Almighty God to break into. I'm going to believe God for God to blast the mountain out the way and to do the best that he possibly can. And we know all things are possible with God. I want to encourage you today to be a wholehearted Christian. Don't be a half-hearted Christian. Don't be lukewarm, apathetic, be on fire for God. Stir up the giftings and the callings of God on the inside of you so this year can be a year that at the end of the year and we look back across it all, say, you know what? I lived 100 miles an hour for Almighty God. I stirred myself up. I prayed. I was in the Word of God. I'm hearing so many people at the moment say, I want to go through the whole Bible this year. I'm going to read the whole Bible. I'm going to go through it either, you know, just, you know, from um, uh, Genesis all the way to... Uh, through to the end or some people are doing it a bit of the New Testament a bit of the Old Testament but you know there's something stirring in the body of Christ I believe that says come on let's get hold of God with a wholehearted attitude Elisha was a man like that he didn't live a life apathetically half-heartedly you know, Elisha was so on fire for God, he performed all the same kind of signs and incredible breakthroughs of God that Elisha had, uh, sorry, Elijah had. And the Bible actually says he did twice as many as Elijah did. That's because he got the double portion upon his life. We're going to be dealing with that next Sunday. But he was so wholehearted. He said, I want to see the God of Elijah and I want to see greater things than Elijah ever saw. He lived for a cause. He lived stirred up. He prayed big prayers and he was a man of wholehearted faith and courage. I believe for this year we need to be people who face this year with courage and who face this year with expectation. We're not just trying to survive. We're here to move forwards and to advance and to see the gospel of Jesus Christ preached all over the world and to see God glorified throughout this year. No matter what's going on in the world, come on, we serve an almighty God for whom all things are possible. What's the second thing that I want to think about today? It's this. Elisha understood the principles of discipleship. It says there in the verse that I opened with, it says, So Elisha arose and he followed Elijah and he became his servant. That's not overly an expression we'd use today, to be someone's servant. But it's something I believe God wants us to get hold of today as we think about Elisha and actually as we think through all sorts of people in the Bible, they understood this term to be a disciple. I think today we have a bit of a gospel of convenience sometimes. We have a church of convenience that, that perhaps we do what we feel like doing or we do what, what is comfortable for us. But actually discipleship um, is far stronger than that. It, it has to do with, you know, uh, expressions like to be committed, you know, to continue. It has expressions to do with it, you know, such as to be devoted to something. These are strong expressions because to be a disciple is something of a commitment. It's not something to do with feeling. It's not to do with convenience. It has to do with a quality decision. And something so impacted the life of Elisha here that he turned from the old and he got hold of the new and it was to serve this man Elijah. And he served him for eight years until Elijah was exalted to glory. 
eight years. And the thing that struck me was it began after all of the signs that we saw Elijah do, the fire from heaven, the drought starting, the drought finishing, all of those things, all of the increased miracles that we saw, all of that stuff ended. Then he got hold of Elisha. And so it really spoke to me as I was thinking about this, that some people are only committed while there's the spectacular going on. Oh yeah, I'll be around when it feels good. I'll be around when there's incredible things taking place. But when it gets boring, not that Elijah was boring at all, but, but you know, after the spectacular, that's when Elisha came in into this situation and, and he came into the relationship. It says in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11, this is after Elijah had gone up to heaven, and it says here about um, King Jehoshaphat, he says, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And a servant of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. That's what he was known for. He didn't say, um, here's Elisha who does incredible signs and wonders. Here's Elisha who split the Jordan. Here's Elisha who did this. Here's Elisha who's done that. No, all he was known for was he was faithful to serving the prophet Elijah. And something that I believe is really on God's heart for the church of Jesus Christ is that we get past celebrityism, we get past convenience, we get past comfort, and we get into the place where we are committed to being a disciple and we're committed to serving the situation that God's um, hooked us up with. Obviously, I believe in the local church. I've led a local church now for 30 years, Citygate Church, 24 years in a month's time and a couple of years traveling. And then before that, I was, I was helping to lead there uh, a church for four years as a co-senior pastor. I mean, I love the local church. I live for the local church. I believe the, it's, it's God's best plan is the local church. Out of the church comes the abundant life of God now. We are a city on a hill, a lamp on a lampstand. And I believe that perhaps over the last few months as, as there's been all the situation that we've all been having to handle and endure and overcome, that perhaps there's been a little bit of a sifting, a little bit of a testing going on. So who's here for, you know, as a convenience and who's here because they're a disciple? I'm not talking about here in Citygate. I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ around the world. You see, a disciple is there through thick and thin. A disciple is there whether they feel like it or they don't feel like it. A disciple is in God's word because he loves God, not just because it's exciting. You know, a disciple will give God all the praise even if he's going through tough times. A disciple lives for something for more than just the spectacular and the, and the appealing and the comfortable side of Christianity. But we're here because Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior and we've given him our lives and said, Jesus, be my Lord. You see, Elisha, he became the servant of Elijah. Again, not a term that we'd use today to be a servant in that sense. We're sons of God and yet we choose to serve God. But I believe in our lives, God wants us to be displaying the character of servanthood that we're here to serve. It's a great expression and we'll find this in the weeks to come and it was always in the mouth of Jesus Christ. And we find it here in Elisha's mouth as well. He says, what can I do for you? 
And that I know is right in the heart of Citygate Church. It's something we say all the time and we understand and we believe. But I just want to encourage all of us that it's in our own experience. It's not just in the culture of a church, but it's in our own expression. What can I do for you? Don't wait to be asked. Why don't you stir up some generosity and some compassion this year and say, how can I help? Is there anything I can do? How can I serve? Is there a way I can make this better or, or easier? Perhaps you ask your next door neighbors, perhaps in your workplace, and it's not just a job. It's a place where you think, you know what, I'm going to put my life into this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I can to help make this job great, to help make the church great, to help make somebody else's life great. Come on, the Lord Jesus Christ himself said this. He said, the greatest will be the servant of all. And as Christians, we are here to serve mankind with the love and the grace and the faith and the power of Almighty God. He was fiercely loyal to Elijah. Fiercely loyal. He wouldn't leave him. And I know when we go for the double portion next Sunday, you know, even Elijah says, will you leave me alone at the end? And Elijah says, no, I'm not going anywhere. You know, sometimes I think we just stop all too easily. There's a little bit of pressure and we stop or there's a little bit of, of um, I don't know, a pushback and we stop or there's a little bit of hardship and we stop. But you know what? A disciple is in this to the end. A disciple is committed a disciple is someone who says, no matter what, I'm standing on the word of God. I'm staying in the church of Jesus Christ and I'm going to stay in faith and I'm going to love people. I'm going to turn the other cheek because that's what disciples do. I'm going to forgive people even when they hurt me because that's what disciples do. I'm going to praise God even if I don't feel like it because that's what disciples do. You see, this was Elisha. It was an incredible man who understood this whole thing of discipleship. He also understood, and this is still in point number two, he also understood how to be coached. For eight years, Elijah trained Elisha. Eight years. And then Elisha was released into everything that God had for him. Sometimes I think we only want to be coached for five minutes and then explode on the world stage. You know, ah, oh, God's got something for me. And that's absolutely true. But until God opens the door for you, make sure you're serving somebody else. You're helping to make them great. You're pouring the water on their hands. You're serving them. You're making sure that they've got everything that they need. And in that situation, learn everything you can from them. I don't think it's any coincidence that a whole load of the things Elijah did, Elisha did, almost exactly the same. Why? Because I can just hear Elisha saying, Elijah, how did you do that? How did you make that work? How did the oil keep pouring in that situation? How did the fire fall from heaven? How did that happen? And I can just see it in my spirit how Elijah sat and taught Elisha for eight years. And then the day came when God said, now it's Elisha's turn. So that's the second point today. The third point today, as we look through just the general opening of, the Elisha, of Elisha's life, is this. Elisha was a man of good uh, reputation and strong responsibility. He was known about in all sorts of spheres of influence. He was a man for everybody. He was a prophet for everybody. He was a prophet for the kings and for the poorest of the poor. 
He spread himself and his influence everywhere. Why? Because he knew there was a cause. He lived for other people. And he had a name that that's the sort of man he was. He had a good name. Even the Bible says over in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 5 and 6 and 7, talking about Stephen there, and, and it says the people, you know, they had to sort out a problem in the body of Christ early on in the church, and, you know, some people had been fed and they should have been fed. And so the apostles said, find out a man among you of who's, who's got a good name. And I believe that the church needs to have a good name in our society. I know we've covered this in Citygate for years, that I believe the church needs to be a place of great influence, that we are a lamp on a lampstand, a light on a lampstand, a lamp on a lampstand and a city on a hill. Getting my verses mixed up. That we are here to influence people with a good name about the good God that we serve. And the gospel is great news that people can be saved. But so often, the things we say are undone because our name is not as great as it should be. Perhaps people could, you know, perhaps speak about, well, there's that, there's the church on the corner. They're a bit weird or they don't ever serve the community or there's no real generosity there or they seem a bit strange to me. And of course, I'm not saying the world will always understand what happens in the church, but I believe the church in a community should be good news and should be spoken of well. And the other thing here about Elisha is he took responsibility. There was a situation, again, it's a Sunday that we'll, you know, specifically deal with this. But somebody is... Um, had to come up to Elisha and say, my husband's died. He was your servant, Elisha. He was on your team, Elisha. And Elisha just turned around and said, how can I help? How can I help? How can I sort out your problem? And I love this heart of God in Elisha. And I believe it's in the heart of the church that says, how can we sort out your problem? How can we help to make life easier for you? I know here we, we help by doing all sorts of things in the community. But how about as an individual that we become that sort of a person where we have a good name and we take responsibility for the lives of the people around us? The fourth thing as we start to draw to a close is this. Elisha was a team player. He was not a lone ranger. He was a team player. Now that seems to be in contrast to Elijah, who was a little bit of a lone ranger. And he sometimes went off by himself and then he said, I'm the only one left. And he did have a, an assistant, but he you know, even sent him away. And all this sort of thing. He was a little bit of a loner, Elijah. But Elisha, on the other hand, was always around people. He led the school of the prophets for 16 years and he was training up other people. He worked with people. He would happily, there was a whole, a whole group of people who said, can we move from there to there and we want to build a bigger place? And he said, yeah, I'll go with you. He was a team player. He wasn't just thinking about himself. I think sometimes in the day we live in, we just can be very isolated in our own thoughts about me, 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 me. It's about me. Sometimes we change, you know, our job more often than we change our socks. I don't know. It's sort of because it's all about me. But you know what? God wants us to be a team player. In a church, he wants us to be a team player. In our society, he wants to be a team player. He wants us to work with people and not be this isolated believer. Sometimes people are an island in the middle of a congregation. And, you know, they're not, you know, I can't be bothered with a small group. And no, I'm not going to be a part of this. And I'm not going to be a part of that. I want to encourage us all. The strength in the body of Christ is that we work together. 
a finger on its own hasn't got any strength, but a finger on a hand means that it's part of something. A hand on an arm means it's part of something. And the church of Jesus Christ, as we go into 2021, with all the challenges we're going to face, but with all the opportunities we have, life is going to be better together. And Elisha knew that, and he did everything he could to put his life into other people because he knew he was part of a team. You know, if he was in the church today, and if he wasn't perhaps the, the senior pastor or something like that, he'd be serving on team. He'd be part of a small group. He'd be at the prayer meeting. He'd be online when online's happening. He'd be a part of what's going on. And I want to encourage you today. Perhaps you're even on, online here and you're part of another church. That's great. Get involved with the church you're part of. Be a team player. Don't be a lone ranger. Don't be isolated and just think, well, it's just me and God. No, it's not me and God anymore. It's us and God because we're the army of God. We're the bride of Christ. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're a family and we are the body of Christ. And every description of the church emphasizes the fact that we are dependent upon each other. The glory filled the church, filled the temple when? When they all prayed. When they all shouted, the glory came. When they all shouted, the walls of Jericho came down. When they all prayed, then the building shook in Acts chapter 4. When they all fasted, when they all... The Bible emphasizes all, all the way through the Bible. We're part of something. Come on. Please don't be a lone ranger. Be a team player as we head into 2021 and let's have that heart like Elisha. What can I do for you? How can I serve? How can I make this church, this environment and this community a greater place? And as we close today, the fifth point today is this. Elisha kept looking forwards. I love this about Elisha. He was a, a man of great vision, great expectation. He was a a visionary. He lived for what was coming down the road. He knew that God wanted to show himself strong and wanted to increase things and grow things. He wanted to put his heart into the next generation. Elisha isn't a man who looked downwards or backwards. He was a man who looked forwards and looked upwards. And I believe that as we go into 2021, just like Elisha, he knew how to close the door on the past. He sacrificed the oxen. He said, well, if I'm going forwards there, I'm not going to keep these. I don't need them anymore. Sometimes we easily hang on to things in the past. We're, you know, we don't want to, you know, to sell them or to, or to throw them away. I know different personalities. Some people are hoarders. Ever seen those TV programs about those hoarders? And they just, you go and you think, how could you live in this state that you just don't ever clear anything out of your life? It's a good thing to do to sometimes have a clear out. The start of a year is a good time to have a clear out. Here we are in the month of praying and fasting. It's a good time to say, God, all of you and none of me. It's a, it's a good time to, you know, to say, God, is there anything that I just need to let go? I just need to forget. I just need to say, you know what? That's from a past season. That's what God did before, but God's going to do something new. There is a new day in God. I can feel it in the spirit. I can hear it in the spirit that there's a new season for the body of Christ, not just because we're here in, in um, January, but it's because there is something stirring in the heart of the church that says, is there not a cause? 
that we are going to live for something far bigger and far greater than we've ever lived for before. But Elisha, he let go of the past and he pressed forwards. He never sat down and just thought about the past. Some people live in the past. Some people glorify the past. Oh, if it wasn't for the great old days. Well, the good old days weren't that great, really. We're in far greater days today than we've ever been in before. The church of God is on fire. The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. Jesus Christ is on the throne. Angels are working. The gospel's being preached. Hundreds of thousands of churches online. The word of God is going out. People coming to Christ every day around this world. You know what? These are the great days. Lift up your eyes and look forward to all the great things that God has for us in 2021. I'm getting so excited about this. It says in Proverbs chapter 4, it says, Let God's word dwell in your heart. It'll be life to you. It'll be health to your body. Even in the middle of COVID, the word of God can keep you healthy in Jesus' name. But then it says this, let your eyes look straight ahead. And then it's a bit weird. It says, and your eyelids look straight before you. And that really speaks to me as let your eyes, as in these eyes, look straight ahead and let your dreams Look straight ahead. We're a church who know how to dream. Dream big. Dream strong. Dream great dreams that God puts in your heart by his word and by his spirit. We're not just talking about just trying to create something big for the sake of it. But as God speaks, we can dream big dreams. I want to encourage you as we go headfirst into 2021, let your eyes look straight ahead and let your eyelids dream big dreams look straight ahead of you. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Don't Please don't look behind you. Let's let 2020 go, shall we? God was faithful and God was strong and God was awesome, but we are going to live for what God has for us in the future. Is there not a cause? as we dream big dreams, as we fast and pray. Pray big prayers. Speak into your future. Prophesy God's word out the abundance of your heart and then don't allow your life to be distracted. So many distractions, so many things that want to try just to look here or to look there or to even close our eyes and forget about vision. No, come on, the Bible says run with the vision that God has for you. As a church, we have a vision. We are going to powerfully affect our generation by building a large, dynamic, influential church where people are equipped to fulfill their destiny, radically transforming their world. I believe with all of my heart we have a vision, we have a dream individually and corporately. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Let your eyelids look straight before you and God will show himself strong. And like Elisha said, where is the God of Elijah? So I want to say today, where is the God of Elisha? God is going to show himself strong in Jesus' name. And everybody said today, come on. Amen. Receive that for your life today. God is a good God. He's got a plan for your life. It says in um, Jeremiah verses um, 11 of chapter 29, for I know the plans I have for you. I know the thoughts I think towards you. 
says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God's got good plans for your life today. God's got good plans for you, great plans for you for this year. But friend, at the very heart of that is that we have a relationship with God. I preached last Sunday about those who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. The key to that verse, as you heard last Sunday, is those who know their God. Have a relationship with God. I'm not going to ask you today, do you believe in a God? I'm not going to ask you today, you know, are you a person who prays? I'm not going to ask you today, do you believe there's an afterlife? I'm going to ask you one question, and it's this. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ because you believe He died on the cross and was raised from the dead to give you life? That's the question that I need to ask. For me, I answered that on, on October the 8th, 1984, and I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. God doesn't want you to be just a religious person today or a good person today. God doesn't just want you to be a spiritual person today. He wants you to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Someone who says, Jesus, I give you my life. I'm going to live for you. Come into my life. Make me a brand new person. The Bible says we are to repent and believe and then be baptized as we give our life to God. To repent, yeah, that can mean that, you know, you have a time and you're in tears and you're sorrowful for the way you've lived. But the word to repent just means this, quite simply, to turn around from the way you've lived, to turn around from the way you thought, to turn around from your attitude that you had towards God and to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. So I'm gonna ask you to pray with me right now and that's gonna be a prayer to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Start this year by saying, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me. Come into my life. Come on, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me right now. And I'm going to ask you to pray it out of your mouth. Don't just think it. The Bible is really clear. When we pray, we say. Say it out of your mouth. Come on, why don't you pray with me now? Say this, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you demonstrated your love through sending your son to die on a cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I receive you today as my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. And from this day onwards, through your grace and through your Spirit, I will live for you and I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer, I want to say congratulations. You're now part of what the Bible says, the kingdom of God, the family of God. You can now say, Heavenly Father, He's your Father. Something's happened right now on the inside of you, whether you feel it or not. And I believe the Holy Spirit has done a work in your heart. You're now a part of the family of God. I'm going to encourage you to get a Bible. If you've got one, great. Open it up. As long as it's one you can understand. Sometimes they're a little bit hard to understand. Get a translation that is in English and, you know, the words that are easy to understand and not full of words that, is, you know, I'm not... You need to understand the Bible. Is God speaking to you. Get a Bible. I'm going to encourage you, if you're anywhere near Citygate, we'd love to see you in Citygate Church. And I know we're all masked up and socially distanced and have to get tickets online, but we'd love to see you. But friend, have a tremendous week. Come on, let's be like Elisha. 
Let's be wholehearted for God. Let's live for the cause of Christ in our lives. Let's help to make other people's lives great to turn our world upside down. God bless you. I'll see you next week.